Hello, and welcome to the IBCD Karen Discipleship Podcast. This is our 10th episode in season one, and I'm really looking forward to having Jim and Caroline Neuheiser with me today. We're going to be updating you on what's happening with their move to RTS. And so I'm looking forward to talking with them about what the Lord's been doing in their lives and what's coming ahead. So Jim and Caroline, thanks so much for making time to be with us. We had all kinds of time on our hands, (laughs) you know, just... Easy for us to jump in over here in the middle of moving everything. <laughs> exactly. I wondered if we'd be doing this while movers are like packing up your house or something, but uh, they're not there yet, right? Right. Not till Tuesday. Right. Well, so thanks for making time to do this. I wanted to, we're, we're right on the heels of the Summer Institute. And at the Summer Institute, we were able to update some people about your plans and what's happening. But we realized our, our broader audience and people who may be following things going on with IBCD may not have been able to hear firsthand from you both. And we thought this would be a great venue to do that. So Jim, I was wondering if you could tell us about your new position at RTS and what kind of responsibilities that will entail. Yeah, Reformed Theological Seminary has been around for about 50 years. And they have several campuses. One of the larger campuses is in Charlotte, North Carolina. And a former intern from our church who was trained through George Scipione, in terms of his counseling when he was at Westminster, Mike Kruger is the president of the seminary. And a few years ago, they made a commitment to establish a program which would be in biblical counseling. And over time, Mike contacted me and asked if I would be willing to consider becoming the director of that program. And over a period of about a year and a half, with much resistance and hair-pulling prayer, seeking counsel, we finally became convinced that the scope of the opportunity was so significant that we had to say yes, in spite of the fact we love everything we're doing here in Escondido. And it's, after being here almost 30 years, it's really difficult to leave. And so what will some of your responsibilities be there at the new program? I'll be directing this Christian counseling program. There's a Master of Arts degree in Christian counseling, biblical counseling, also counseling classes for the Master of Divinity students in the seminary. And I get to teach a preaching class, which is something I begged for because I, I love to do that. And actually, Jay Adams liked to teach preaching more than he liked to teach counseling. Not everybody knows that. Um, and then we're it's going to be a, a program, not only teaching these classes and counseling and preaching, but already I've begun to reshape the program to be something that's going to be hands-on, not just theoretical, but will really follow along very closely with the ACBC requirements of, uh, of observation, and we'll have them do role play, and then have them do the 50 hours supervised counseling as part of the program, in addition to all the counseling courses and you know the Bible and theology, everything else they take. We hope to have a counseling center, which would be modeled after IBCD in the Charlotte area. And we hope also, in addition to the training of the seminary students who are pursuing degrees at RTS in Charlotte, to start doing care and discipleship training in the local area for local churches and the seminary is enthusiastically supportive of these goals. That's great. Caroline, what's your role uh, going to look like as you're moving to Charlotte and just anticipating these changes? I'm excited to begin to study biblical counseling in the master's level 
and RTS is excellent because they're having me study every single book of the Bible, which is what a biblical counselor needs, more knowledge about the Bible. Plus, I'll be taking counseling classes from Jim and others. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so that starts this fall, like you're starting yes, up as a student? Wow. That's right. Yeah, I've been talking to Jim about some scheduling things, and he'll say like, well, Caroline will be taking finals during that time. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's just, that's right. oh man, that's just wild. But boy, that sounds exciting. And then um, there are ladies who are enrolled in the program. What does that look like for ladies in counseling training? Right. In the Master of Arts in Christian Counseling program, a lot of the students are women. And part of how they were selling us on coming to Charlotte was Caroline's experience as an ACBC certified counselor and her role already in mentoring women. And so they anticipate that she'll have a role in working with these ladies. Initially, she'll be a student alongside of them, but someone with a lot more experience than most of them will have. They see Carolyn as a very important part of our coming, and they, we need women who can be a model and a mentor for these other ladies. I know that this decision has been a hard one for you all, and I, I think mainly because you love what you're doing. You mm -hmm. love being here. You love the church here. You love being a part of IBCD here. It's not like you were looking for something more to do. Um, Jim, your plate's always been very full. It's not like you were looking to, to fill it up somehow. But what are some some things about this opportunity that made you all come to realize this is what you think the Lord would have you to do? As you said, we love everything about our life here. Uh, we've been in the same church now for almost 26 years. Two of the other four, you know, so three of the four original elders are still together, have been still together till today. Um, we've had wonderful harmony there. IBCD, especially Craig, with your leadership and direction, has been flourishing and expanding. And the Lord has given me many opportunities to speak in other places and write and have impact. So I'm in this ideal situation. Uh, we basically fixed up our house with plans to live there until we died. And so it's a, a great shock to us. Really what weighed on us is like Psalm 90, the psalmist says, teach us to number our days. We have 70 years, 80 years if we're strong. We want to present to the Lord something of lasting importance. And the sole reason we chose to accept the position is that we believe the potential to do good in this season of our life, there to do it there is overwhelming, it's great, and it's worth giving up a lot of comfort and happiness to be able to do that. Uh, I feel a bit overwhelmed by it in the sense that, you know, I'm very comfortable doing what I'm doing and everybody's learned to put up with me in the church and IBCD. And I know I could get by with it or I'm doing for a long time. And there to go to a place where I, you know, there will be expectations and there are hopes of, you know, they've been waiting for a director to come. I, Given the analogy, I felt like I was a guy who was a pretty good center fielder on my church softball team, and I got called up to pitch for the Yankees. And this is not something I was aspiring to, but it's a lot more important than pitching for the Yankees. And I feel like if, if that's what we're being called to, we should make an effort and see what the Lord does. Caroline, what's the process been like for you as a wife, seeing your husband's giftedness, um, his desires, your desires, trying to wrestle through all that, being supportive, weighing in. I, I know Jim cares very much about what you 
care about in this decision. I know with the elders, he was constantly updating us. And one of the things we were asking is, what does Caroline think about this? So I know he's been very concerned about what you think, but how have you navigated that as a wife to Jim? I am also convinced that Jim's giftedness is able to be used in this place. So that made it easy once I was convinced Jim was the right person for that. At first, my first reaction was, well, so they need a director of biblical counseling. Why is that our problem? (laughs) But it turned out to be that we were convinced by the people there and the wider view of Christian counseling Mm -hmm. in America, how many, how few schools are actually training pastors for biblical counseling. So I thought, well, we need, there needs to be another school. Yeah. And we don't have many inroads into the Presbyterian side of Christianity, which also could be greatly affected by biblical counseling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you think about IBCD historically, very much starting uh, with, with very Presbyterian and Reformed roots, and then uh, over time, um, not having as many connections of that as of late. And so it's exciting to, mm-hmm. to rekindle some of those connections, I would think. And we, yeah, we really have hope both in a new region and with couple of major Presbyterian denominations that are strongly connected to the seminary and in that region. Already doors are opening that I would have never imagined, and we really want to present a a winsome, gracious, gospel-centered view of the sufficiency of the Word of God in in helping people spiritually, and would really like to have a lot of churches even, you know, give biblical counseling another look and consider getting their people engaged, you know, not just in the top leadership of the church, but to do care and discipleship throughout these churches. And, and we're very hopeful to that end. And there is a tremendous opportunity, which seems to be opening up mm-hmm. to do that. I know one of the dynamics that we've talked a lot about in the last few years, really, in our observation meeting, when we're reporting on counseling cases together, learning from each other, is how critical it is if if a pastor believes in counseling, caring for, shepherding his people— it just radically changes the whole situation. And we've just seen that time and time again. I know, Caroline, that's something you've brought up several times in the meeting of, wow, this lady's in a great church. And so I have so much hope. Like there's, mm-hmm. there are so many other things going on there. It seems to me that that's been a critical piece as I've thought through you all going to Charlotte is you're going right to people who want to be pastors. And if these men and, and then ladies who want to serve in this way are equipped in this way, it's just exciting to think of what the Lord might do through them in the lives of so many people. Mm-hmm. Right. And just at Reform Theological Seminary in Charlotte, I will be getting every single Master of Divinity student, which is future pastor, for at least a couple of courses. And I'm hoping that they will be motivated to take lots of electives in counseling once they see how important it is. So that's huge. And even looking back, to when George was teaching at Westminster and people like Mike Kruger were in there and Mike was exposed to the sufficiency of scripture in counseling and how that's applied practically. And that was part of what led to a program like this being established. So yeah, the idea of if the Lord gives me 15 or more good years and taking 15 classes of future pastors to teach them the basics of counseling from the scriptures, to equip them to proclaim the word of God, both privately and publicly, that's an important work if the Lord should be pleased to allow us to do that. And this idea of training future ministers, training people who are interested in ministry, this isn't a new one for you, right? This has been this has been part and parcel of your whole ministry experience. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if you both could tell us just a little bit about how you've sought to care for 
men and, and women uh, who are interested in pursuing ministry together. How, how has that unfolded in your years together? Caroline, why don't you tell me some about okay. how you sought to do that at least? Well, Jim started training people in ministry when we were living in Saudi Arabia and we had to open up many house churches, which didn't have teachers. So he developed a program there, which is a stepping stone to what he's doing now. And in, through the years, we've had the intern program here at Grace Bible, and we've even had men live with us, students live with us off and on different times. So God's equipped us, I think, for this step. And Caroline's made a lot of effort, both in terms of hospitality and having, some cases, I think back to having single Mike Kruger, Greg Welty, newly yeah. married Ben Merkel. These guys are now seminary professors, many people are now missionaries and pastors, but having them or having them and their wives into our home. She's been, especially in recent years, making some deliberate efforts to mentor the seminary students' wives and prepare them for what it's going to be like one day. So, right, all of that has been part of what we've been doing, actually, would be going back 33 or 34 years, going back to our time in Saudi Arabia, because there I knew I would have to leave someday. Mm-hmm. And we had many places we had to fill because you had two or 300 people with, you know, able to get 30 or 40 together in one spot. And so, and there are still men now in different places in the world, different nationalities who are still preaching the word of God who started in that program back in the mid 1980s. I know for myself, um, Caroline would watch our, I think we just had one child back then, but you would stay in the nursery. So Darcy and I could both hear the counseling material in the intern program and uh, apart from having a babysitter, Darcy wouldn't have been able to hear that, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, those practical helps along the way, as well as I know you've reached out to the women and the intentionality you both have had of having them in your home and, and teaching and instructing. So I'm just thrilled to think of many more people getting to receive of that uh, through this opportunity. So that's exciting. Uh, as people may be listening to this, though, one thing they may be saying is, oh, well, lots of great things for RTS, but what about IBCD? What's going to be happening that way? So, uh, Jim, do you want to tell us a little bit about what your role uh, will continue to look like for IBCD? Right. Um, well, you, Craig, as the operations director, have decided you want me to remain as the executive director, and that will entail that we will consult with each other about the direction for IBCD. I plan to be at all the IBCD events. I plan to continue to create content like podcasts and blogs, and articles, and, and to be involved as long as you and the others in charge want me to be involved. Uh, we would love to see something like IBCD. I don't know if it'll be called IBCD East or Southeast, but a similar ministry established with close ties in the Southeast near Charlotte. So we hope to be very involved. It actually brings some comfort, too, where like this morning when I preached my last sermon as the preaching pastor of our church, I could say, well, I'm supposed to be back in February, I'm supposed to be back in June, I'm supposed to be back the following October for these City events, and that gives me some comfort anyway that we'll keep ties, not just with IBCD, but with Grace Bible, which is hosting IBCD. And there's definitely a, a sense of of some loss with IBCD. It's interesting to think you won't be here on Monday nights, both you and Caroline. And we're looking at a counseling schedule, realizing, wow, two of our, our counselors won't be with us on, on the following Monday nights. But on the other hand, from an IBCD standpoint, just a lot of gain just in terms of now this 
this new audience, this expanded audience that um, that we've been working towards for a long time. And it's just neat to see how the Lord providentially has had us develop training materials that go right into the heart of the church. And now that he's shifting you all into equipping people who will be going into those churches and they can have materials ready to take with them. Uh, for us, it seems like it's it's really neat how the Lord has brought this about. I think IBCD is still unusually blessed with your leadership and Tom and others who have counseling as well, that I still think we have resources on site here far beyond most centers. And uh, the team you've put together creating materials and media and things online. So I'm very hopeful and positive about the future of IBCD. I'm also thankful that the counseling with live observation will continue and we have people who are ACBC certified and in whom you know, we have a great deal of confidence. So I'm glad it's all going to go on and we still want to be a part of it as much as we can be. It's fascinating to think historically, it used to be CCF West. So mm-hmm. we came out here and now we have IBCD, which is primarily on the West Coast and now expanding to the East Coast. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see what that does. It's kind of exciting. Um, just as we kind of conclude some of these, these thoughts. I'm curious, you know, one of the things we talk about in biblical counseling is knowing God's will and decision-making in the will of God and uh, trusting the Lord. I know that this has been a long decision process for you both with a lot of, a lot of struggle in it, to be honest. And I'm curious, as you've gone through it, what you've learned about yourselves, what, what will be helpful to you as you seek to help others who are trying to wrestle through opportunities in life? Any things that come to the forefront of your mind? I know that it's forced me to trust the Lord more about things I really care about, things that I'll be leaving behind. So one of the most convincing arguments was one we heard from Heath Lambert, Mm -hmm. who said, so do you trust God enough to leave IBCD and your church? And the answer has to be, yes, I trust God enough to have him take care of these people we care about and this ministry we care about. Yeah. Took it to a new level in terms of having to (laughs) (laughs) take it. It's one thing to say you trust that and then to be, what, 3,000 miles away from these people that you care about, that um, stretching for sure. It was by far the hardest decision I've ever had to make in my life. The last time we had a major move was... 29 years ago, we got kicked out of Saudi Arabia. It was painful to leave, but I did not have to face those people and say, I've decided to leave because I think I could be more useful somewhere else. I got kicked out. Yeah. And I had no choice. And we landed here. And obviously, we're not particularly warm to the idea of change because we've been here 29 years and made no effort to leave and became happier and happier as the time went on. When the opportunity came, we were kind of overwhelmed by the scope of it. We resisted it repeatedly. Um, there is no way you can be absolutely certain this is going to work out. God doesn't offer us that certainty. That's part of walking by faith and not by sight, that we make a decision. And really for us, the final criteria became at our age, moving into our later 50s, with what time we may have left, how could we be most useful? And we sought counsel from many, many others, both inside and outside of our church, throughout the counseling movement, friends who are in ministry. And the waiting seemed to come down pretty conclusively that the opportunity for usefulness in North Carolina was very, very great. And that trumped all of our other 
our concerns for the future of the church, our concerns for family we're going to be leaving here, and just our great discomfort. I mean, when you've piled up stuff in a house with a lot of storage for 29 years without ever throwing anything away, you just hoped your kids would deal with that when you died <laughs> and not have to do it yourself. Um, so, it, you know, everything about it has been hard. And it's been a good exercise in terms of sympathizing with others who have hard decisions to make that you can't get this absolute certainty. But over time, the Lord has given us peace about it in a way that actually has kind of surprised me where once we reach the point of accepting the offer and telling everybody involved, uh, the Lord has helped us not to really waver in that. It's been really, really hard. And I've certainly wondered, what have I gotten myself into? But we still are hopeful that this is what will make us most useful. And if the Lord allows us to fall on our face and we come rushing back here asking if we could, you know, be the janitor or something or anything you guys let us do, uh, so be it. That was good too. But we hope it'll be a good season to be useful. I'm reminded of how many people in the Bible just had to step out in faith. And if we try to protect ourselves from disaster, we will not step out. So disaster could happen, but Lord's still good. Yeah. I know in your Knowing God's Will talks, one of the things you mentioned is, you know, you consider, is there anything biblical that forbids it? And then after that, it kind of boils down to lists a little bit of like pros and cons almost. And I remember several different dinner conversations where I'd pick different sides. You should stay, you should go. (laughs) And, uh, you did a really good job arguing against whatever side I would pick. So uh, you, I know you're wrestling through a lot of lists. Well, I think you actually changed your mind in I terms did. of your counsel two or three times, <laughs> which didn't make things very easy. No, I've, I've learned how better to counsel someone through something like this through a lot of failure during this decision. Yeah, and as you probably know, that the conversation I had, which was with Tom, which really sealed it in my mind of what I had to do, he did not want us to leave. No. But when I said, well, my reason for staying is my concern for this, this, and this, and my reason for going is I'm pretty convinced, pretty much convinced I'd be more useful there. He says, well, then you have to go, mm-hmm. even though I don't want you to. And then he had to go face his wife and tell her uh, that he had talked us into leaving, even though he didn't want to. Right. So Jim and Caroline, thanks so much for taking some time to talk with us. What's the rest of your timeline look like as we look ahead into July? What kinds of things are happening? They come and pack up our house in two days. And then in four days, hopefully they load up the truck and we start driving across the country in an SUV full of the stuff that Carolyn doesn't trust to the moving truck, like our photo albums, which Mm. may require a trailer (laughs) or something on top of the car. Um, We'll see family on the way and some Mm. friends on the way, try to get there in a week and move into the house the Lord has graciously provided for us. and. I'll spend a month trying to get ready to teach these courses. She'll spend a month trying to fix our house up and get ready to take courses. Mm -hmm. And off we'll go. You all have a lot of weekends already filled up with speaking and people coming and Mm -hmm. (laughs) typical Neuheiser way. We have many house guests scheduled for the first (laughs) few months we were there, including one person who may be living with us for a month. Initially, actually, the person will be my assistant, maybe living with us for a month before he can get his own place for him and his family. Uh, we have, the Lord has opened up many doors. I'm kind of the new kid in town, and so I'm getting a lot of opportunities to speak in that region and want to 
be well equipped to do those. So it's going to be hitting the ground running. We also had a trip planned to Costa Rica, which is still in the books. They're going to let me miss a week of class to keep that commitment I made over a year ago. So there are many, many things happening. But as you know, I'm happy when I'm busy. I don't want to be unuseful. So we're excited about that. I just hope I can keep up with it. So I'll be spiritually and intellectually ready to deliver all that we've promised to do. Yeah, well, thank you for that update. It helps us all know how we can be better praying for you both and uh, praying for this new season for IBCD, this new season for the Newheisers. Lots of exciting things that the Lord is going to do. But then also, as we've mentioned, stretching things, opportunities for trust, for growth in many ways. So we appreciate all of you who are listening and your ongoing support for us, uh, especially in your prayers. And some of you are supporting us financially as well. It, it uh, really helps us as we're seeking to accomplish our mission of helping churches grow in one another care. So Jim and Caroline, thanks so much for being with us this afternoon, for updating everyone. And we look forward to hearing from you uh, when you're on the East Coast. And uh, we'll just be using a little bit different technology to do that. So. No problem. <laughs> that's Thank great. We'll look forward to that too. Hopefully we'll have joyous things to report. Yeah, that's exciting. Speaking of exciting, this is uh, episode 10 of our Care and Discipleship podcast, which brings us to the end of season one. And uh, we just finished a bunch of recordings of interviews with people at the Summer Institute, and we're busy processing those. And so in early August, we're going to be starting up season two with our next 10 episodes. And so keep your eyes on the lookout for those things. The best way to find out when the conference audios and videos and the new podcasts become available is to sign up for our email newsletter. There's a stay connected page at ibcd.org, or you can follow us on social media. Uh, we have Facebook and Twitter and even Instagram profiles there, and we're always updating when the latest resources come out. So we're looking forward to being back with you in a few weeks and to be updating you from not only the West Coast, but the East Coast as well. So until that time, thanks for listening. And we're praying for you that you'll continue to grow in one another care. Thanks so much. <laughs>